0: Fake podcast music. Hello and welcome to Michigan o- Michigan, and Other Mayhem, the show about Michigan. Murder, mysteries, histories, and other random mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie. And Jen. And special guest Melina. There we go. Da-da-da. <laughs> guest podcaster. Ah. Yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should all do the wave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> So, Jen, what do you, what you got today? I have a subject, six, yeah, it's going to be one of those days, I think, I, I miss I messed up on the name of our podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's rainy,
0: That's
1: it's bad. dreary. It is it snowed this morning? It is snowed, it's a dreary day. Yes. Um, I have a subject suggested by Jake, one of our listeners, Jay-Z Knight. Now, isn't that like a
0: cult leader, or did he have some just
1: fantastical okay. ideas? Well, it depends on how you look at it. Okay. Um, I think it's cult. Okay. It took me two minutes to figure it out.
0: Well, let me just quote you from yesterday when you said, you said, it's a cult. Run.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my whole podcast. That was going to be your slogan. <laughs> it's a cult. Run. Um, she channels Ramtha.
2: Okay. Yep. Head oh, Jay-Z is a girl? Yep. I yeah. just assumed it was a boy for some reason. It's because you think Jay-Z the rapper. That's why. Yeah. I <laughs> Though it is not. Right. <laughs> but, yep. Okay. What about you, Melina? Uh today I have HH H. Holmes, which I'm sure many, many people have heard of HH H. Holmes. He's been featured in so many different if books not like books, movies, movies <laughs> documentaries. I mean, there's there's a lot. So, um but because there's so much, I'm going to try to do highlights cuz this truly could be like a three part series i felt the same way about genghis
0: khan like i could tell you about genghis khan but we're gonna be here for six or seven days so i'm just gonna give you right. some highlights yeah. <laughs> yeah. and i'm gonna do the disappearance of bobby dunbar that's one that fascinated me when i was a kid about this kid that gets lost and then they find a kid they think it's his and everybody's questioning whether or not forever whether or not that kid was really the kid that they found was really bobby dunbar
1: Ooh. Did you know, what was it the other day? There was a child that was abducted. Oh. And then some guy came out and said, hey, I'm that kid. Yes. Come to find out he wasn't.
0: Yes. Oh, the family, he was he even had a French accent and this family was American. But I guess they said they were aware, even though he was years older, I think he was supposed to be like, this per- kid should be like 16 at this point. And this guy was like in his early 20s. Mm-hmm. The family said they just wanted to believe so bad that they were willing to set everything aside that made this not
1: the right guy. Mm-hmm. Until the DNA came back and it said. I thought it was pretty shitty though. Yeah. So I come to the police. I say I'm this person. They immediately call the family and say that. I'd be testing, making sure. Like, that's how I heard about it, because the family was so upset, and how could this person do this? And I'm thinking, why did the cops even tell them?
0: Oh, because what if someone shows up, and they're like, well, we didn't tell you, but someone showed
1: up, and they said they're kidding. You're like, what the fuck? You could at least told me. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, no. no. But they tested the DNA. The police tested his DNA. Oh, really? Not the parents? No, not the parents we paid for that wait that actually pisses me off a little we have like literally millions of untested rape kits
0: get to that dna first put that fucking kid in line (laughs) and you're in line behind all the other rape kits motherfucker so that's your kid until we get to you (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) we need to get a move on on the backlog (laughs) folks. okay hold on because you gotta talk amongst yourselves i don't have any coffee oh my
0: gosh i don't know how you're fine you're fine I don't know how one survives without oh, coffee.
2: Yeah. Oh, I've already had my cup today. Though I must say, after going from like a pot of coffee to like Keurigs, I don't drink as much coffee anymore. Really? Mostly because I'm lazy. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I don't want to kill I drink, the planet when I actually use the non-reusable ones.
1: <laughs> ah. oh, no. I, uh, I constantly drink coffee all day. Yeah. I don't drink coffee Good. all day. All Mond- day. Monday all night. Yeah all the way to bed oh really
0: Monday <laughs> through friday i drink coffee in the morning and then you know saturday sunday i always try to convince my husband or friday and saturday night after dinner like you like we're doing something really dangerous you want some coffee <laughs> <laughs> living like we're young folks right. all right anybody want to go first
2: <laughs> assholes all right. <laughs> all right i'll go
0: first you're I was like, preparing uh,
2: with a beverage, I mean... That's it. All right, I'll
0: go first. So, in the summer of 1912, in Louisiana, the Dunbar family decided to escape the summer heat by camping near Swayze Lake. So, Leslie, Swayze? Swayze, like Patrick.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh-huh. Lessie <laughs> and Percy Dunbar brought their two children with them, Bobby, the oldest at four years old, and baby Alonzo. Swayze Lake is part of a bayou and was known to be home to alligators. I mean, people, it's Louisiana, all right. So August 23rd, 1912 paul mizzi a family friend took a group of boys down to the lake to hunt for garfish and after they all walk back the group realizes that bobby's missing so bobby's parents begin searching for him with local help i mean right away people start looking everywhere for this kid and they were able to track bobby to swayze lake but they couldn't find a body and they didn't believe that he had drowned but let me just say that the, the newspapers are messed up in 1912. let me just start with that i must have read so many newspapers and they are so conflicting and i just want to be like oh, Fuckers. But anyways, <laughs> so I read that Bobby had this distinctive hat on that all these kids had like these different straw hats on, but his had a broken strap. Mm-hmm. they say there's people that say the hat was never found and the reason why they speculate about the hat is because they believed if bobby had fallen into the water or was drugging by an alligator like some people believe that the hat would have been floating on the top of the surface because the straw hats are really light and they float but there are people that say that the hat was found a, a distance from the lake suggesting that somebody took the boy and drug him off and the hat fell off some distance from the lake, but there is no no real evidence that it goes either way. I it, they all sound made up. Okay. Yeah. And let me yeah. And there's a, and when I get later in the story, you find out like newspaper um, people back in the day were assholes. So authorities and locals search for the boy for about eight months, and it becomes national news. Like the whole country's invested in it. Reminds me of Malin McCann. You know how we all know about that little girl who mm. was stolen. But yeah. So that, that he was the Malin McCann in the 1912s. Okay. Percy Bobby's dad offers a $1,000 reward which is equal to $25,000 today for any information leading to his kid. On April 13, 1913, a man was arrested as a suspect. William Cantrell Walters was was from North Carolina. He was a traveling tinker that was moving through Columbia, Mississippi. William was traveling with a boy that was around four or five years old. The boy had blonde hair and blue eyes just like Bobby Dunbar and Williams was seen whipping the boy by some local women. So he's, the women see him beating this kid. They tell the police he looks like Bobby Dunbar. Boom. Mm-hmm. This guy's in trouble. Right. So William tells the authorities like a couple stories, like he's not 100% with all his stories. And he lands on the one that said that the boy is his nephew, Charles Bruce Anderson, and that the child went by the name of Bruce and that he was born to William's brother and his brother's servant, Julia, Julia Anderson. The child was illegitimate. William let them know that Julia had given him permission to travel with the boys. So authorities, unconvinced that he's telling the truth, place the boy on the train and send him to the dump bars.
1: So, like, mm, we don't think that you're telling like you, the you truth. do nothing. You you don't do any investigation. It's like, oh, you're not telling the truth, and like, we don't believe
2: you.
0: Yeah, That's off the to the this train. family. Yes, a little <laughs> bit like that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. Wow.
2: Okay. Now here's what. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah me too. <laughs> now it's at this point here when the kid shows up at the train station. There's two very different, very conflicting reports on what happened when the kid shows up. So um, some newspapers' articles stated that Lessie and Percy... Didn't immediately recognize the child that arrived on the train. They stated that the boy who arrived, the kid that arrives on the train, doesn't recognize his parents or Alonzo, the little baby. Mm-hmm. And according to some resources, the newly arrived Bobby wasn't really like, oh, hugging or ki- you know, kissing Leslie. It was just kind of cold toward her, like, oh, stranger danger, a little bit, or like, right. kind of and making you're me uncomfortable. are you? Yeah. But other newspaper articles state that it was a loving reunion, that the little boy called to them like, Mama, Papa, and embraces them. And they, it was said that different accounts are said to do to people being emotionally invested in the story and that they wanted it to be Bobby. Mm-hmm. So they kind of saw what they wanted to see, even though the kid didn't do it. they wanted story. Okay, that's what I was okay. thinking. <laughs> So Nobody wants to read a story about a kid that... They come back and they're like, oh, wrong oh, kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all emotionally invested in this kid. Yeah. It's the wrong one. Yeah. Right. Truly, Leslie wasn't sure that the boy was Bobby in the very beginning. During the second meeting with the child, she looked for some identifying marks, like he has a mole on the front of his neck and he had like a scar on his foot. On his toe. He didn't answer to the name Bobby or any name at all. So that was one of the things that was confusing. This kid just didn't give off much info. He's mm-hmm. four. He's four years old. Right. He was like standoffish toward all adults. And the boy did have a mole and did have a scar. So, and they started, he started to warm up to Leslie when she gave him a bath. But at that point, I feel like he's like, oh my God, there's an adult being nice to me. Mind you, he was found getting whipped by some dude. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe he was just like, oh, she's nice to me. I guess I will like her is how I saw it. Yeah. And after the bath, she does declare, this is my son. I found my son. So it gets out that the Dunbar family found Bobby, and everybody is celebrating. There was a brass band that played when they arrived home. There was a parade in their honor. Big deal. So meanwhile, back in jail, William Walters is still like, wait, that's, that's not Bobby Dunbar. That's my nephew. He's still saying he's innocent. And at the time, kidnapping was punishable by death in Louisiana. So this guy's about to die and he's convicted of kidnapping by a jury of his peers. And soon after the conviction, Julia Anderson, the boy's mother, arrives in town. And Julia's information about Bruce matches William's testimony. But Julia said, but Julia's kind of pissed. And this is why William was hemming and hawing. She's like, I just gave my son to him because he said he was going to take him to his sister's house for a few days. And he's been gone for almost a year. You know, basically, he basically did kid- kidnap him, he didn't kidnap Bobby Dunbar, he kidnapped my son. His name is Charles Bruce Anderson, but everybody calls the boy Bruce. Like, he kidnapped Bruce instead. Now the, you know, now Williams' case is starting to look shaky against him. People are like, um, he can't have kidnapped Bobby Dunbar if the lady's saying it's their kid. Mm -hmm. They do release him two years later because they say it's too expensive to try to retry him for the kidnapping. So they're saying, okay, we can't prove that he's guilty of kidnapping Bobby Dunbar, but Bobby, the little boy who's now Bobby Dunbar, stays with the Dunbars. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, you guys just said you can't prove that he kidnapped him but you still let him stay with the Dunbar family.
2: Right.
0: Yes. When shown five little boys, Julia, like the Dunbars, couldn't immediately pick out which one was her kid. Like it took her a second. But she starts to look at him and then she picks the same kid that Leslie and Percy had said was their son. The f- the press were act- were actually biased against her. They reported that she, you know, they're like, "Oh, well, she hesitated, you know, initially she hesitated when looking at the kids. And discredit one of the things they used to discredit her is that she was illiterate because she can't read. They also brought up the fact that her son was illegitimate. She had, Ill, you know, she's a woman of loose morals. She had a baby with a man she's not married to, you know. And they just basically downed her. She ends up going home, no kid, even though she's like, I swear to you, this is my kid, and nope, goes home, no kid. So Bobby's raised by the Dunbars, and there's always a mystery around whether or not this is the right kid. Mm-hmm. So cut to 1999. Mm. Yep, Margaret Dunbar right. Bobby Dunbar's granddaughter, because we're going to call him Bobby Dunbar now, this kid. Right. Was given a photo album by her dad that contained newspaper clippings about her granddad, about the disappearance. Mm-hmm. And it triggers her to start digging into her family history. And she goes through, you know, all the newspaper clippings. She goes to libraries. She goes online. She even gets a membership to the Library of Congress and is going through all these things there. Mm-hmm. So she reaches out to the Anderson family. And she um, connects with Julia Anderson's granddaughter, Linda Taver, And... Their family talks about how they had a kid kidnapped. One of their uncles was kidnapped from their family and raised by the Dunbars. And the Dunbars family story is how the Andersons tried to kidnap their kid. They got him back. They're both trying to figure out. The two women together trying to figure out what happened. And sometimes there is tension between them because each family says the other one stole the kid, right? Mm -hmm. But one letter changes everything for Margaret. So the letter was written by this woman who only identifies, it was in this newspaper clipping as the Christian woman. And the letter writer believes that the Dunbar family was does have the wrong child, and she questions why other people were not able to view Bobby privately, and that was something she had known before that nobody was allowed to see the kid privately. Hmm. And, and she, started, the author of the letter, questions why two parents couldn't evi- identify the kid that's only been gone for eight months. And she's, you know, this makes her really start to question, like maybe the the Andersons are right. Mm-hmm. She finally convinces her dad in 2013 to get a dna test and her dad's dna test so his dad her dad's a drug descendant from bobby dunbar her dad's dna is tested to um alonzo's dna the baby alonzo which we know for sure is the dunbar uh-huh. they do not match
2: <gasps> he Doesn't is
0: not die, a dunbar though. no but the one thing i thought was weird they didn't have his dna tested to the anderson's
2: yeah why wouldn't you do
0: that i don't know but i'm hoping that since then they fixed this i just couldn't find if they had mm. or not interesting yes well this causes a lot of tension in the dunbar family with margaret because they're pissed at her their family history was their kid was almost stolen they got him back now they just found out they're kidnappers you know mm-hmm. so and it also changes like so is that really your uncle then that you always grew up with as your uncle are these really your cousins so you always go with the, which i say yes you know blood's nothing mm-hmm. but uh it's nature versus nurture the family's met mad at margaret and in 2008 angelina started a movie called the changeling which was based on this story they bring back her kid she says that's not my kid and they lock her up in a mental institution yeah so that is this stu- that so yeah my whole as a kid i remember hearing about it and then i found out as an adult they you know they were able to tell whether or not it really was him i was just like i'm in on this story
1: <laughs> i'd have been suing somebody like uh,
0: you, you kidnapped my kid in 1912 though yeah, yeah. Oh, actually 1913 because I I
1: I <laughs> Ah. He's taken my family.
0: He's, he's dead now.
1: Yeah. The Statue of
0: Limitations <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to go
1: next in, or do you want to hear about AJ Thomas? Right. I can go next. Okay. Jay-Z Knight, which is Judith Zebra Knight. Zebra? Yeah. I've never Zebras. heard that as a name before. For I looked like it up Airbnb. a couple different places. It is zebra. I was like, hmm, that doesn't sound real, but. It is. Okay. She is known as a new age teacher and author. She worked in the cable industry in Washington State, and one day she went to a psychic. Okay. And that psychic told her that in the future, the enlightened one would appear to her.
0: Okay. Let me guess, like always, she's going to be a prophet?
1: Yeah, they're okay. all prophets. They're yeah. all prophets and creatures. Nobody says, I was here to be a lowly, yeah. <laughs> level one person. In 1977, Jay-Z was in her kitchen and come to find out, Ramatha appeared. Ramatha. Oh. Yeah. Ramatha was a human who lived on the ancient continent of Lumuria. Lumeria? Okay. L-E-M-U-R-I-A.
0: lumuria Wait a minute! Haven't we read about Lemuria before? Wasn't that part of
1: the Richard Sharpshaver
0: yep. story? Shit! And I knew that was familiar. And that's when
1: <laughs> Jake commented when oh. he listened to that. He said, "Oh, look at this! Similar." Ah, oh. you know? so thirty-five, and he lived thirty-five thousand years ago. Of course. Rantha conquered two-thirds of the known world. During his life, he learned how to leave his body, you know, be channeled by. Oh, astral projection?
2: Okay. Like that astral projection? I don't know what that is. Like, can he actually, so astral projection, like, he can take his, like, the essence of his soul, I guess, and project it in a different, you know. Into somebody else. No. Uh, no, it's a different place. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what my understanding what
2: was. I don't know. Oh, but he he can, to read more Oh, about but it. he
0: can go into somebody? So possession. He's the next level then yeah. from astral protection. He's like astral protection and Supreme Rex X. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. People channel him. Okay. And so. then he speaks through those people. Okay. Okay. So it's like an actual possession of people. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay going. At this point, I was like,
1: you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Jay-Z claims to channel Ramtha, and it speaks through her. Jay-Z appeared on television shows in the 80s, wrote a book, A State of Mind, and created Ramtha School of Enlightenment, which she is the president of. If you have to, in the continuing conversations, I have pulled every single um, TV show that she was on in the 80s really? that I could find, because it is so ridiculous, it's so painful, like Wait, these, the 80s these, clothing or what yeah, she's talking Donahue. about? Donahue. <laughs> Yo, that was bad, too. That was bad, too. The hair was special. She's on Donahue, yeah. and she starts to channel him, and I'm just sitting there like, all these people are oohing and on. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Seriously? She's like, oh, and then, like, stretches, and then all of a sudden this, you know, crazy guy voice comes on. And
0: that just he, remembers her, like, Ramadan. He doesn't know Ram-a-da. what television is, and... From
1: all them all kinds of stuff. Wait, if he's oh, been projecting, then he's projected
0: into somebody who knows what TV is. Okay? he <laughs> who's been in front of a TV. Right? If he's projecting himself into a U.S. citizen. Because <laughs> we have, like, a TV in every room in this country. <laughs> it's true.
1: Yes. So I felt like she took it to the next level when she actually had that channeling yeah. copyrighted. So, Wait, so channeling Ramatha, Ramatha? She is the sole channeler of Ramatha.
2: A soul, like, no one else can do it. No now. one else can do so, it. So she actually sued a lady. Who channeled she him?
1: Said she channeled him. And the courts gave her $800.
0: Well, let's not play around and Channel Ram with us. <laughs> yeah. <then. laughs> like,
1: the courts. So she,
0: how did she prove that someone, else... oh, my legality. God. I, I don't know what you were saying the legality. I, I don't legal think I can. Okay. But
1: <laughs> the courts believed that, yeah, she okay. was the sole person that could do that. Okay. And, and then she, that lady had a pair her eight hundred bucks. Okay. Um, <laughs> that was so, great. so again, yeah, she is. She sued people that said that that they can channel, and people have distributed information on Ramtha. Uh huh. She sues them too, because really? she should be
0: the, I guess, the only one. What you need can. to do is challenge Ramtha's brother Babatha, <laughs> 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 and just get around, right around that. <laughs>
1: so. The School of Enlightenment is, of course, surrounded by controversy.
2: Mm, you don't say. It's a shock. The
1: school is located in Yelm, Washington, on Jay-Z's 80-acre estate. She's got like this. So I guess Ramtha knows how to bring money in. Hello. Oh, yeah. In 2007, her profits from the school, her books, was approximately $2.5 million. I need to to,
0: to fake channel things.
1: (laughs) Um, And her teachings have expanded over. She's in 20 countries. The teachings at the school are focused around Jay-Z's channeling of Ramtha. During the students' lessons, there is the use of wine drinking, tobacco smoking, and rock and roll. Oh,
2: awesome. I would go to
1: any school yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And Jay-Z and her followers say the school is not religious, so it's not a religion. Okay.
2: And it's not
1: a cult. Yeah, so I think, think
0: if happen. you have to say we're not a cult, it means you are a cult. Yeah, that's, what <laughs> you,
2: that's <laughs> right. But they're not a religion either. Yeah. That's fine. So, What are they,
0: a, a belief system?
2: <laughs> I did not say.
0: Oh. Oh. oh, they're just a school.
1: They're a school. Okay. Okay. They're trying to enlighten people okay. so they can channel people. But Roptha, yeah. Well, they can't not Rapha, okay. but I'm sure somebody else. His brother Bob, <laughs> <laughs> <Martha>. yeah. <laughs> the students are being taught they are working towards becoming an enlightened one who will be able to alter their personal reality on command. Okay. The
0: activities. I can stand for a little personality changer.
1: (laughs) There's times that my personality changes are like, oh, shit, Bad Alley got out. (laughs) The activities they do uh, to become enlightened consist of meditation techniques, breathing techniques, blindfolded archery. Huh? Which is just weird. And energy (laughs) healing. Not only can they, they learn how to heal themselves, but how to heal others. Oh, okay. Jay-Z's former husband, her personal bodyguard, and some of past students call it a cult. Yeah, Past students say the school practices brainwashing, mind control, intimidating, and fear techniques. Jay-Z has been called a spiritual predator.
0: Oh, someone's calling out the big dogs. Yeah.
1: I call her nuts. And once <laughs> you watch these videos, you're going to... Be on board. Like this woman is crazy. It is said that she would tell students, she would tell students if they left, the lizard people, sharpshaver, yeah, and an ancient figure Jehovah will come back to Earth by way of a spaceship.
0: Mm, So I would leave just to test her.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There is actually an online community for students who did leave. Oh it provides them support to try to help them cope because they, you know, often feel lost after.
0: Well, yeah. Well, I think anytime you leave a cult, you feel lost because you were in one way of thinking and now
1: everything is completely different. Yeah, it'll mess you up. Mm -hmm. Craziest controversy that I read about her, she's got a lot, was her most recent in 2011. When channeling Ramtha, she said, fuck God's chosen people. I think they have earned enough cash to have paid their way out of the goddamn gas chamber by now. Whoa! She continues to say Mexican people breed like rabbits and are poison. Holy. She shit. then says, gay men used to be Catholic priests, and organic farmers have bad hygiene. It's like what? <laughs> what
2: <was that>? Wow. <laughs> are all So like, is there a process that she's got to do in order to like channel Ramtha? Like, yes, yeah, she sits there and closes her eyes and she does this do before I technique. Oh, yeah. And then she like does she so, take anything prior to these like in
1: deep breaths? Yeah, no. I I'm sure she's on some type of drug. She like moves her head around. Oh my olives, god, I've seen that. Woman. And then and then she like. Her whole yeah. body goes limp and her head goes down to her chest. And she comes up Ramtha. And then she, <laughs> then she, stre- it's like, no, it's like waking up and she's stretching her arms. and oh, Okay, and- well, Ramtha's a spirit. He doesn't need
0: to stretch his body because he's not in one, but that's fine. I'm just saying. But it's so <laughs> oh,
1: crazy. You have to, okay. I'm going to put it in the continuing conversation. I mean, it was, it was funny. But so painful. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, people sat through
2: this? Uh, uh,
0: not good. All right, yes. Melina, bring it. Bring um, it
2: with A.J. Holmes. Okay. Well, so it's really interesting that you talk about the newspaper back in the day. Yeah. Because I also will be talking a little bit about newspapers back in the day. Okay. <laughs> um, back in the early 1900s? 1800s. Uh 1800s. Late 1800s, like okay. 1880 six to ninety four, ninety five. Okay. Um uh where to start, truthfully, um, with H. H. Holmes. Because um, oh, he kills a lot. Well well. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the thing. We're really not sure. So to go back on the whole, you know, idea of newspapers not really being truthful is that they really at least in Chicago, they sens- sensationalized everything. So they are actually thinking that there's you know, he didn't have all of these murders you know so they say that it was up to like 200 deaths that he could have potentially had yeah but you know when he finally got caught he confessed to 27 murders okay and then he said oh it's like more to like 130 and then afterwards that's
0: actually a thing that serial killers do they bump their number up (laughs) right
2: yeah um and then you know then they were saying like the newspapers will reachers just say it's over 200 but actually there was a book and that was Created by... An, Devil uh, in the
0: White City? No. Okay.
2: That has a lot of fiction in it, but yes. Okay. That's, and that's where this guy, actually Adam Seltzer, uh, Seltzer there's no T in it, Um, he wrote the H.H. H. Holmes, the true story of the White City Devil. I didn't read the book, because that would be a whole other like month or so. But <laughs> he really wanted to get out of the whole fiction and get more of the facts uh, in. So, he wrote this whole story, and a lot of the Different articles and websites that I read all say, if you really want to know just the facts, like, read this book. He did an excellent job of just trying to get the facts. But, yeah, so, let's see here. Oh, so, yeah, so, was this all fiction created by journalists? Just sensationalize this man. So, you know, they had exaggerated stories. Some say that they called it a hanging room just because the police found rope in really? Oh, it is a murder in house, house or, or whatever. whatever? Yes, yeah. in the murder house, which... The murder house actually was only three years out of his whole entire life. Okay. I mean, he did a lot of killing. Yeah. But it was only three years. Yeah, well, that's because they <laughs> do it
0: during the World's Fair, and that's how he managed, they figured he might have managed to kill a lot, the Chicago World's Fair or whatever, and that's how they managed, he might have managed to kill people because he said, oh, you can stay at my house, it's like a hotel, and then since they're travelers, you never see him again? Yes and no. Okay.
2: So some of it was because of the fact that he had the World's Fair, the World's Fair was there. He actually called it the World's Fair Hotel, but the hotel portion actually never opened. Like to the public. So what he basically was was a con artist and so insurance fraud and that's how mm. his story and background, how's how he lured a lot of people. Mostly women, mostly blonde. But there were some men and stuff as well. But so actually very interesting and I called you yesterday to yeah. go into his background a little bit is that he actually went to U of M medical school. And University of a Michigan! Crazy. Yeah. He went to uh, yeah University of Michigan medical school got his degree there. He wasn't like the greatest student, but still he is a doctor.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well one thing I could have said to Million before, there's somebody out there that graduated at the bottom of his class and is still a doctor. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know. This is true.
2: But when I thought it was so funny, you know, this guy, H.H. H. Holmes, is known as, like, America's first serial killer. So I was like, mm. you know, U of M does a really good job of getting the best of the best out there. <laughs> there so, you know. so. Yeah, they do. They <laughs> <already> <laughs> talk about U of M as the best. <laughs> so. <Yeah. laughs> He wasn't um, the
0: best doctor.
2: No, no, no. But, but he
0: had the best in something else. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> um, so he was a he became a pharmacist, and so he was because he was a pharmacist. They also he also sold life insurance as well, which was I thought was interesting, just a little craziness. I was like, oh wait, so was that normal or just that something that he did as well? But so because he was such a con artist and stuff like that, he was living in Philadelphia, and he swindled so many people that when he moved to Chicago, that's when he changed his name. From Herman uh, Webster Mudgett to uh, Dr. Howard or Henry Howard Holmes. So H.H. Holmes.
0: That just reminds me of a porn name. Probably because like John Holmes or something. <laughs> but like we have over um, here, we have Max Beef and H.H. Holmes in our next film. <laughs> uh. <laughs>
2: dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um so yeah so that's and so when that's how he changed his name because he didn't want people finding him you know as this con artist who's been swindling people out of their money and so he when he was in chicago he started working at this drugstore. store uh got the lady um that owned the drugstore. her husband eventually passed away how he somehow convinced her to sign her to sign him as the main beneficiary and then she her, dies, right? Took all her money, bought the drugstore, and then ended up buying the, the lot across on the other way. And he's been swindling other people as he's been doing this as well, getting their money, having mm. him be the sole beneficiary for his life, you know, for their life insurance. And then um, when he starts building the multi-story, it's, it actually started as a two-building multi-story um, or mixed-use building. So the bottom was like retail and then a new pharmacy that was going to be ran by him. All of his employees had to have life insurance and name him as the main beneficiary. What?
0: Red flag on the field. Red flag on the
2: field. I'm sorry. And like no
0: one questioned that, that no, like, no. no. And then it's like, what happened to Bob? Oh, he's not going to make yeah. it today. Like everybody just starts dying,
2: <laughs> right? Slowly but surely. And your boss keeps getting yeah. richer. <laughs> <You're> so <laughs> weird, so um, weird. But yeah, and then the second story was apartment buildings. And then by the time he decided to build the third story, he had like investors, and that's when he had said that he's going to turn it into a hotel. Yeah. So a lot of his the people who worked at the pharmacy were women though also because Uh, they worked the jewelry counter they worked the back of the counter you know mostly females were the ones at the counter stores not men Yeah, and so and that's how he was able to like you know have these women come in and men as well and then uh Eventually some of them became romantic lovers that he would swindle and so take him upstairs and murder them and everything like that. So yeah, so the woman- Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> he would take him upstairs and murder them? Well, yeah, he would take him upstairs to yeah. the murder house. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, so he's like, "Hey girl, he's got you apartments a Netflix? on the
1: second floor. You want to Netflix and chill with me?" And then she goes up to Netflix and chill with him and he murders yes. her. Yes. I'm Any- not going anywhere to watch Netflix anymore <laughs> with <laughs> anyone. <laughs>
2: Okay, this was back in the 1800s. There was no place. I know, but whatever <laughs>
1: boys did
0: back
2: in the day, like, hey girl, want to watch me write with a quill? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is where the murder house kind of comes into play a little bit, though. Okay. So, because what he did with some of the bodies is yeah. that he would strip them of all their flesh and muscles yeah. and sell the skeletons to, to medical local school. medical schools. And that because he was a doctor from the University of Michigan, these local medical schools are like, I trust you. I don't know where you got this body or the skeleton, but we'll use it for our studies. Yeah. So, um, which is a
0: little more pocket change for him.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So the murder castle itself. So it's in Chicago. It was built on 63rd and Wallace Street. Did he,
0: was Birkenhair already a thing by the time we started doing that? Because Burke and Hare were the guys in England that were murdering people and selling their bodies to medical schools oh, for Oh, yeah. I
2: would, I would totally say so. Okay, good. I'm like, he probably got his ideas from Burke and Hare. He's right <laughs> down like, so serial kills, sell bodies. Yes. <laughs> He's got all this <laughs> of shit to do. The building took up an entire street block. Yeah, it was huge. It was massive. Uh, there were soundproof rooms, secret passages, disorienting maze like hallways and stairwells. Trap doors with sh- uh, above shoots that would lead directly to the basement. Yeah um, those the were they
0: assumed they were body shoots, right?
2: Yes, uh, whether it were, they were alive or after after he finished you know doing um, them. anyways. Uh, the incinerator and kill, acid vats, quick line pits, doors that locked from the outside and then gas jets to as- asphyxiate his victims as well.
0: Yeah, I thought one of his things was he would close them up in an airtight room turn on the
2: gas jets and then just watch
0: them smother or whatever. Yeah,
2: so one of the what one of the articles I read said that like cuz he had an office and he had a vault in his office so he would like lock people up in his vault and since it's soundproof and there's no They're air, tight. Tight, yeah. That was one of the ways of doing it as well.
0: I just think mm-hmm. Not that any serial killing is good, but that's a pussy serial kill. You just lock them in a room and wait for them to suffocate, you little sissy ass. (laughs) Other serial
2: killers are out there working. Yeah. Working for it. Uh, Yeah, seriously. I mean, he had a hotel. So maybe like, he, like, he has doesn't have to always kill everyone, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, Sometimes. he ha- maybe he had one thing going on in this room and had someone else <laughs> yeah. going on in this room and he's got bodies decomposing in the basement that he's got to strip the flesh and clean the guy You're like, in. he has shit to do he to him in there. okay. Yeah. No,
0: okay. <laughs> I have more respect for his schedule. Okay,
2: there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, um, but so it's really funny that like all of this, you know, he's known for the murder house and stuff like that, but he actually doesn't get caught because of the murder house.
0: Yeah, I thought so. I thought that's not what gets him caught. No. Isn't it his third wife? Where am I
2: running that? No, so he actually has three wives consecutively married to all three of them, but two of them dead in no. the same place. Did two die? No.
1: Oh, okay. So in the no. same city, he's married to three.
2: No, no, different cities. One's in Philadelphia, one's in Denver, Colorado, and then one is with him in Chicago. Didn't the the last other one. two wonder where he's at. No, they're divorced, no. don't they? uh yeah one of them they they've divorced but he never filed the paperwork so they were actually officially still married oh, clara okay. the one in philadelphia he would violently beat her um oh, and sounds they, like they had a kid of fun. yeah yeah and then the other the second one was actually um Murda. yeah Murda, and she was swindled out of her money but still married to him because she never you know she never divorced him at all And then Georgina was the one who was the third loving wife. Totally didn't know any about all of these murders and swindling and stuff like that. Uh. Um, And he was the one that was eventually. He wanted to like run away with her into Canada, actually, (laughs) Toronto to be exact. Yes. Um, So he finally got caught in uh, around nineteen November seventeenth of nineteen eighty four. And he got caught because he met an associate. Wait, 1884? I'm oh, sorry. 1894. 1894. Okay. Don't sorry, worry. my I, bad. Okay. I've done
0: it, it too. I've done it too. <laughs> don't worry. 1894. Okay.
2: 1894. A hundred years after I graduated from <laughs> junior high. Hundred years before. Hundred
0: years before you graduated not after
2: yes so yeah too. Melina
0: is so, so she looks so, so good folks I can't yeah, even tell so you no. not a wrinkle no, on this head not a wrinkle on crown no no, yeah.
2: no I found the eternal you know the fountain of youth yeah, right. um,
0: it's but, serial murder uh,
2: yeah. yes I bathe in the woman the blood of young women yeah <laughs> you and that bathery chick I know you know I love my bubble bath yeah. <laughs> Um, so he schemed with this associate named Ben Pietzel. Pietzel. I wanna say it's Pietzel. I could totally be wrong. It's P-I-T-E-Z-E-L. Um okay. anyways, he met up with this guy and he's like, let's defraud some insurance people and we'll say that, you know, we'll get life insurance out on he actually tried to do it on him first for twenty thousand dollars. But then the insurance companies kind of figured him out and said, No, we're not gonna give you your life insurance. So he's like, crap. So the attorney that was helping him was also going to, like, help out with this um, con and everything like that. He was going to get a piece of the money as well. Um, So then he convinces his friend, his associate, Ben, and he's like, yeah, I think this sounds great. Let's do this, you know. And his is for $10,000. Well, he ends up actually killing his associate, lies to the wife, saying, no, he's in London, Like, he's just hiding... I've heard London, i heard South America, like, different articles say that he, you know, referenced him to not be in the country, that he's hiding somewhere. Right. But I will, you know, gave her, like, $500 to start off with, but he was very... The kids were getting suspicious of him. Okay. So, the kids, uh, he had five kids. He left the mom and the eldest and the baby together. And then took the three others, Okay. Uh, saying, oh, I'm just going to take them with me, you know, I'll take care of them, whatever, like that, because he's a con artist; He's very... So he's taking somebody else's children? Yeah, his Ben, associates Ben's kids. Yeah, and didn't he gonna... kill Ben? So he killed Ben. Yeah. They're already dead. Yeah. These kids are getting suspicious, you know. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what to do. He wants the money for himself, and he's not going to give it to the wife, because um, the wife knew about the insurance fraud as well. Ah. So he ends up kidding, killing two of the girls by putting them in a trunk, drilling holes, and asphyxiating them with gas and
0: he likes to asphyxiate people yeah
2: that's his thing yeah maybe it helps with the decomposing of the body or maybe there's no no
0: suspicious marks there's no broken hyoid bone right no petechia in the eyes
2: so yeah if you're You're selling dead to the medical school you're like here's a here's a corpse you can use um and then the last kid that he ends up killing he killed he chopped up and burned Yes, so, but when, during the time between, um, when Ben was still alive, he had, they had gotten in jail, really, for a brief minute, and he had met this lady named Marion Hedgepeth, who was a career criminal, and he ended up helping out Mudgett along with this insurance scheme as well. He was, she was the one that ended up finding the judge, or the attorney that was helping them with their insurance fraud. Okay. Um, she's the one that actually ends up turning him in. Oh, because she figures out Ben's dead? Because she didn't get her cut of the money. Ah, no! no so moving off. We're like, are oh. we going to go down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're taking you with us. Right. So she's the one that ends up, you know, taking the money, or not taking, you know, sending him to jail, and then he gets, that. I mean, that's how he gets put away. And then that's when he starts confessing all of his, like, crimes at the murder castle and everything like that. Um, so when he gets arrested,
1: mm-hmm. he's, Convicted of this Mm -hmm. insurance fraud, right? And what does he get for that? Like, is he gonna?
2: He gets the death penalty. Oh,
1: okay. So now it doesn't matter that he's spewing off. Right. Everything else. Yeah. Well, he
0: had to admit to killing Ben, and then.
2: Right. Yeah, because he killed Ben for the insurance money. He's he's been tried for murder, but for Ben. Oh, not for. Yeah, and then after that, he's like, okay, guys, well, fuck it, I'll 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 tell you everything. Yeah, yeah,
0: because they like to brag. Serial killers have to almost all of them, not all of them, have to tell somebody. Or even that one girl, she talks about, I think it's, it's called, oh, I listened to just one episode, but her dad was a serial killer, and she talks about every now and then he would say weird shit to her. I think that they want to tell.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, till the day he died, he still wanted to make money by selling his story to the Hearst Corporation for $10,000. Wow. So. <laughs> even to like, the le- Even to the, to the end. The, to the bitter end. But bitter. yeah, he was hanged on May 7th of 1896. In Philadelphia Uh, they showed that he remained calmed he was amiable he wasn't depressed he had no signs of fear or anxiety and all of this uh, he had asked for his coffin to be contained in cement and buried 10 feet deep because he was concerned about grave robbers stealing his body and using it for dissection Um, however, uh, yeah. Holmes's neck did not snap, so he did not have a very pleasant hang. Oh, so, so he just had to, had to strangle to death, which takes minutes. Like 15 to- minutes before he was pronounced dead, <laughs> yes, 20 minutes so. after the trap had been sprung. Yes. So yeah, so he ended up having a very slow, painful death <laughs> as well. But, um, Karma, bitches. But yeah, so there's been so many like pop culture stuff uh, that's happened. Like, you know, there's several books out there. There's even a graphic novel about H.H. H. Holmes um, and the murder castle. Several movies and TV shows. Like, there's a, I guess, a UK Channel 5 aired a documentary. The History Channel did one. The Investigations. Discovery had, like, a three-part series. I watched one
0: of them. I think there's one uh, on Netflix. Ago. Yeah, I watched one on Netflix years ago.
2: Yeah. Um, Supernatural did, uh, like, had a character that was based on him, so did was in the show Timeless. And then, most recently, the American Horror Story Hotel, um, oh, where uh, yeah. Evan Peters played someone that was very similar to H.H. H. Holmes. And then recently, a newly announced Martin Scorsese Hulu series that uh, is going to star Leonardo DiCaprio as playing H.H. H. Holmes based on the Devil in the White City book.
0: Ah. Um, Leonardo
2: DiCaprio actually has screen rights to it, so it's his movie. He's going to play the lead character. Martin Scorsese is going to direct it. Wow. Um, and there's also a video game called The Horror of H.H. H. Holmes. It's a VR game that you can, you're trying to figure out all the different murders at the same time, trying to evade the murderer H.H. H. Holmes yourself in the hotel. <laughs>
1: that would just, yeah.
0: That would, yeah. That's <laughs> like, that would bring my anxiety to the yeah. forefront. Yeah. And I'd have to only play that Sunday mornings or something because <laughs> I need time <laughs> before bed. I to have to look that up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. right. You've been listening to Michigan Another Mayhem with Allie. And Jen. And Melina. Connect with us at michigananothermayhem.com to join the conversation, listen to the podcast, access show notes, find site links, and correct us when necessary. Rate and subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, and YouTube. Bye-bye now.